Police are on the scene of a deadly shooting. Graphic orgies of blood and violence. Mutilation, decapitation, torture. Does that sound entertaining? More blood than a blood bank. Have we got your attention? Unbelievable crime at the hands of satanic cults. Despite dozens of tips, help from federal agents, and a $40,000 reward, investigators say there are few solid leads. If you find this disturbing, just wait, because there is a whole other dimension. You are now listening to a morning cup of chaos. Start us off, Dylan. No, we gotta fucking. I gotta. We gotta do an actual intro. Come on, <laughs> yeah, man. Mine was act, good. Come on, man. No, it wasn't. <laughs> what is going on, misfortunate listeners? It is I, your fearless leader, Tyler Campbell. Thank you so much for tuning in to a morning cup of chaos. Who we got in the room right now? Dylan, you here? I'm here. You're I'm here? here. Good. Tom, I'm what about Tom you? with the magic wand. I'm gonna kill myself. Talon's obviously fucking here. Thank you, Talon. I'm glad you're having a good day. Jake, what's up, buddy? <laughs> I'm your rain of dipshit. I'm here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, today we are talking about a special topic. Um, Shinrikyo. My favorite cult. The Mountain Wizards. The Um Supreme Truth. I couldn't... This cult is so fucking almost world-dominating, bananas crazy. They're, they're fearless leader... Shoko Asahara. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much where I got the fucking name from. Uh, and, and they almost took over the world, and that's why I find this cult so appealing to whatever Dylan's doing right now. What are you doing? I, I don't know, really. <laughs> oh. So the uh, mastermind behind this amazing anime-fulfilled incestual cult no is named Umshurikyo. Umshurikyo. Um Supreme Truth. Also, they were... Uh, responsible for the injuries of 5,000, the death of 12, plus some that they, you know, did with outside of their attack. Uh, today we're going to be getting into some of their crazy shit that they did and how close they were to actually taking over the fucking world by starting World War III in Japan against America. Dylan, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show and fucking deep dive. Wait, let's, wait, 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 wait. Quick, quick but, fun fact. Uh, they're still also active today mm. with 1,500 members, most living in Japan, still under uh, surveillance, but 300 live in Russia. Yep. And they they were... It, it's mind-blowing that this is one of the few cults that we will be talking about that still are active today. You have, like, the Children of God, the FLDS that we will be getting into at some point soon. The Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, sure, hey. if you want to go that way. And Um Shinrikyo. Um Shinrikyo was responsible for the death of quite a few people, injuring so many people, and they are still going. People in Japan fear them. They don't fear them, but they... They look at them as like a menace to society, and yet they're still looking for some sort of like outreach. And the people that still are a part of this group still believe that Shoko Asahara is their supreme leader. So, Dylan, let's go ahead and jump into this story. Ignore the two fucks across the table. <laughs> 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 All right. So, actually, before we get started, you another fun fact that I tried starting. Um, like you said before, this cult is full of anime. Another terrorist full of anime was bin laden when they shot him in the head they discovered anime and counter-strike go wasn't it hentai i thought yeah I it heard hentai. Hentai. it's the same thing Ooh, no it's not, not. Same it's, not. it's cartoon no. porn no that is not anime is just cartoon if it was the oh, same thing not. it'd be called the same thing no, potatoes and french not. fries are completely different but they're the same fucking thing no, he makes not. Not. Point. that makes them not the same thing they're the same they're made out of the same thing anime hentai is the same fucking thing it's just 
Potatoes are made out of potatoes. Fries are made out of grease and fucking hot boiling and potatoes. Oil and potatoes. You can polish your turd. It's still a fucking turd. I know. That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be here. <sighs> you gonna fucking start? <laughs> Not even a second goes by. Mute his ass. Today, Junior. (laughs) I'm literally just like watching you. Our story starts on March 2nd, 1955. Chizubo Matsumoto, later known as Shoko Asahara, was born to a poor tatami mat maker and his wife in Yashihiro, Japan. Tatami mats are a typical flooring in traditional Japanese, Japanese homes, and wages for this labor are super low. Matsumoto would enter the world as the six out of seven eventual children in the Matsumoto family home. Five boys and two girls. Like one of his older brothers, he was born visually impaired. In one eye, he was born completely sightless, and in the other, he had an infantile glaucoma. Nice, dude. He was smoking weed as a baby. So much fucking <laughs> dude, weed, so man. Cool. Oh, it's like that movie Due Date. Dude, what's wrong with the, the, the dog? He's got glaucoma, too. Infantile glaucoma that would progress over the years and leave him with only one-third visibility in that eye. At six, his parents enrolled him in the same school as his older brother, a prefectural school for the blind located in Kuamamoto City, Kyushu. Imagine that step up he fucking has on all the other blind people, man. Oh, I know. He's like, he's kind of, I mean, he's obviously blind, but like he can see somewhat out of one eye in a school full of blind kids. And how do you not expect this man to just look around in the one eye and be like, I'm going to rule this fucking place? (laughs) Do you think he moved like the desk around a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) He's moved him in front of the door. No, like fucking kicking the chairs out. Like six inches to the right. And then the next day, just a, a foot to the left, just completely fuck with everyone. They, they don't know the exact measurements. Uh, I'm an American. It's muscle memory. I'm an American term. No, I mean they, they still go have half to, like, a meter to the right on one day, half and then a, a meter, full, a full meter to the left. We're in Asia. No, I'm saying like they use their blind sticks to find their desk. It's not like they're like, mm. okay, it's two steps to the right, seven steps forward. Two it's steps not all muscle left. memory. That's basically what Talon's saying. It's muscle memory. Your joke does not work. Well, it, <laughs> continue. It is kind of well. Sorry for interrupting you, Dylan, but it is kind of muscle memory for the fact that it's in the school. Like, I mean, that's, yeah, that, but that's all set up. Half normal. the battle's already there. They and, know where they they're there. at, but like they know where they're at. But like the desk, they don't know where the de- they know the general area of the desk. But if you move it six inches to the right, they're gonna be like, okay, I must have had well. Okay, guys, Before this is super riveting. There. I'm diabetic. I know what it's like to lose my eyesight. I don't care. All right. No one does. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Living almost exclusively at the Matamoto Prefectural School for the Blind, Matsumoto rarely saw much of his home he left behind, aside from his older brother. Matsumoto realized he had a distinct advantage in the new boarding school. He was now in a completely new environment. A vast majority of the students at his new at his new boarding school were fully blind. The only reason he was able to attend the school was due to a clause allowing children who might lose their sight in the future to be enrolled. With the advantage of being partially sighted, Matsumoto became the school's bully. He was noted by his peers as a troublemaker. His roommate said it was hell. Stated one of his previous classmates, he was always using people. One time, after there was a burglary near the school... Chizuo ordered the other boys to stay awake and guard the room while he was sleeping. Damn, that's fucked up. (laughs) 
guard the room, my blind servants. Tell me if somebody's going to come in the door. You don't need to rest your eyes, young sapien. They don't work. He would keep changing what he said. He'd tell someone not to do a certain thing and then right away turn around and order him to do it. Because people were afraid they would obey, and then he'd get angry, saying, Why did you do something I told you not to do? Uh-huh. Stop it, Taylor. I don't like how you just look. <laughs> just block out his face. <laughs> just Put a attention. paper bag over it. Just try to pay attention to the story. Shut up. All right. When approached by the door mother, Matsumoto's rage only increased. When a guidance counselor tried to do something about it, one of the former teachers recalled the incident. Asahara said, all I did was say I would set a fire. It was just words. There's nothing for you to get all upset about. And you know what else he'd say? I'll shoot you to death. After saying that, he'd say, as long as I don't really shoot you, it's not a crime, so it's not against the law. I can say whatever I like. <laughs> so I, I feel Freedom this of speech. because I uh, <laughs> I made a bad joke to my doctor. I had a doctor's appointment the other day. <laughs> and so I was told him, because like, a few weekends ago, I got influenza A and bronchitis, and you know, I was practically to death. And I was like, yeah, I like... I was willing to die so I wouldn't have to have my chest pain. I was like, I, you know, making a suicide joke because, you know, it's not funny. And he just, like, <laughs> looked at me. He looked at me. I'm like, legally, I'm just kidding, kind of. They don't find that shit funny. <laughs> no. He, he looked they at look me. at you and they're like, this man needs help. <laughs> we all know that. Looking at talent from the get-go, though. Do we, my- do we need a better help ad, please? <laughs> because, fuck, this is kind of crazy. We got two suicide jokes from the same guy in ten minutes, man. It's pretty, pretty quick. He's trying to spread it around the room. Diluted by the fear he instilled in both teachers and his peers, Matsumoto believed himself popular enough to be elected student council president. He made attempts in both elementary school and junior high, but ultimately lost both elections. I don't know if you guys have watched any high school anime, yep. but student council president... That shit's like I don't the watch real anime. president. You owned the <laughs> like you basically can fucking murder someone, and you're it's cool. The They're other like, children oh, the will cover it, it up for you. The blind people will drag the body outside and bury it. How do they know when, where they're voting? How do they know that he didn't just like run around and give them like an empty piece of paper and be like, just sign it? Guys, there was still, like, teachers. They were, they were <laughs> scared, but they're not going to just let fucking one fat half-blind guy bro, just walk around bro. and fuck around. They let the teachers are blind, too, you jackass. It's not the blind leading the blind. Dude, they let this guy have no, order the blind kind kids. Of the blind leading the blind. <laughs> well, in this one, yeah. You say there are teachers around, but they let this guy order the other blind kids to stand guard on the room while he slept. And no teacher did anything about that. Well, that's dorms. There shouldn't be teachers in the dorms. That's how sexual assault happens. (laughs) To the blind. (laughs) Who assaulted you? I couldn't see his face. (laughs) He was Asian. Some kind of Asian. Nice. That kind of leads into one of our stories coming up. Foreshadowing. After losing a second time, Matsumoto became emotional and desperate. In high school, one of his teachers recalled, he begged tearfully to be made student council president, but he lost again. When he lost, he got terribly depressed and he said to his classmates, why do I lose? One of the girls said, you, should, you, you show concern for people sometimes, but everybody's afraid of you. While looking at a picture of Matsumoto, you may not be thinking intimidating, but he possessed quite a bit of skill in the art of judo. Judo was created in 1882 by some guy. 
by, com- <laughs> by combining no. mental discipline and jujitsu, a form of close <laughs> combat and his roots in sumo. I guarantee you, he just kicked a bottle and he goes, oh, I'm a master of kajudo. No, I guarantee you it says the fucking name in this second. story. It says the name, but I wanted to make a Mortal Kombat joke. <laughs> I bet he got to the fucking name and he looked at it. He's like, yeah, I'm not fucking reading that. <laughs> no, no. It's Fuck that God. shit. It's some guy. It was named by Greg. Just wait. Come on. Fun fact of the day. Judo was created in 1882 by Kano Jigoro Shihan. By combining mental discipline and jujitsu, a form of close combat that has its roots in sumo. Both jujitsu and sumo stem from fighting studied by samurai. Samurai not only had to know how to fight with weapons such as their swords, but they would also learn to fight up close and barehanded. Matsumoto would go on to earn one black belt before completing school and one shortly after. Do you think he just had like a white belt and he just like spray painted it black? <laughs> they, they just told him it was a black belt and they just gave him a piece of rope. Like, we don't want you here. He only has a third of sight in one eye. He would miss a spot. Come on, he'll be a dickhead. He's gotta be colorblind too. <laughs> As he and his peers got older and closer in high school, they wanted to take more trips into the city and away from the rules of the boarding school. The only catch was, for students who were fully blind, they weren't able to leave the boarding school and go into the city by themselves. With this stipulation, Matsumoto began one of his first business ventures, being a partially sighted guide to his fellow classmates for a price. He would walk fellow classmates to their desired location and then state that he required payment in order to escort them back out of the bustling and unfamiliar city. Left with few options, the students would fork over money in an exchange for escort back to their dormitory. This motherfucker was a hustler, dude. That's badass. Yeah, I, I, I uh, from what I read, I, I heard that he ended up walking out of high school with 30K in his fucking pocket from yeah. robbing people. Just, like, doing his little... Providing a service. Service my fucking dickhole, alright? I can... Well, one of the there's doctors for that. Yeah. One of the kids that like fell victim to that, uh, he would offer to take like one of the kids offer he t- offered to take him to get his hair cut. Went like for free. Didn't say anything about owning him. He took him, got his hair cut, and when the kid came outside, he was like, "All right, how are you gonna get home?" <laughs> and the kid's like, "What do you mean? I thought you were taking me home." He's like, "Oh no, you have to pay me to take you home." Oh, most unfortunate if you were to not find a way back home. (laughs) (laughs) Young sapien. (laughs) As high school neared its end for Matsumoto, he looked forward to his future, knowing higher education would give him the opportunities to climb out of the grip of poverty. He applied to Tokyo University. When the letter arrived... He got accepted to Hogwarts. Woo! (laughs) No. (laughs) No, fuck you guys. He was disappointed to see that he was not accepted, unfortunately. How could he see the letter? He has, ha- like, he has some eyesight. <laughs> I feel like we say, just fucking talked about this five minutes ago. It? Does he read in Braille? No, like... you dumb motherfucker. He's... He can Aww. still see. They said it in sign language. I feel like I just said that, Shem. <laughs> I feel like I don't care. I'm going to cut you out and put me saying it, you Tom, fucking bitch. Tom, one second. And then you I'm going to leave this part so you crazy. <laughs> Tom, do you say they send it in sign language? Yeah, they put the hand symbols on the piece of paper and fucking... <laughs> It's Braille. Braille is what what the blind read, my friend. It was half blind, my man. There's new hand signals. You're not gonna fucking see anything. What am I saying to you? Yeah, when you see like a national like government speaker, there's always that person doing sign language for the blind. Yeah. 
Everybody take your seats. We're learning sign language today. You just hear them all thud as they don't hit their seats. <laughs> the teacher just leaves the room. We're learning sign language. Guys, we should be making fun of deaf people because blind people can still hear us. <laughs> we need these listeners. Oh, yeah, we need to, we need to partner with somebody to like next. put this in Braille so the deaf people can hear us. Dot, 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 line, dot, 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 line, 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 dot. That's Morse code, dumbass. <laughs> oh, fuck off. It's the same thing. Neither of you know anything about fucking communication systems and fucking language I barriers. Know, I'm the dipshit, I fucking knew that. Like, what the shit? Calm down, Shut Abraham up, Lincoln. stupid. <laughs> Okay. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> box. He says okay. <laughs> it was around this time that his older brother began sharing his views on traditional Chinese medicine. With a new goal in mind, he moved forward and enrolled in a technical school associated with the boarding school he grew up in to study acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. That's what I want, a blind man poking me with needles. A Japanese blind man poking me with needles for traditional Chinese medicine. (laughs) I know that sounds a little sketchy. (laughs) In reality, he's just touching them with a pineapple. Oh, lives in a pineapple under the acupuncture. <laughs> Soko Ahara. I forgot his fucking name. Soko Ahara. And who's your fucking favorite? Soko Asahara. No, I just I had a brain fart for a second. My fucking, it's so hot in here. I can't is that what you his name is Chizuo Matsumoto still. Not yet. It, that is right how now. it starts. <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> fucking so hot. I can't even think. Why don't you go here in Braille? I'm working on it. <laughs> Jake mute us all so we can talk. Fucking right. deal. A relatively common route for blind citizens in Japan. Notably, Sugiyama Waishi, extensively viewed as the father of Japanese acupuncture, was born with an eye disease that blinded him in infancy. He went on to develop the Shinkan, a tool that functioned to put very fine silver and gold needles into a person's skin with little to no pain. From there, he opened 45 schools for the blind, specializing in massage and acupuncture. Today, around 20% of the field is still held by blind citizens in Japan. So, obviously, acupuncture, massage, work with feel. So that's how blind people can do it, you fucking they just ableist. Touch me. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> you ableist. There's a happy ending at every single one of them acupunctures. Goddamn right. There you just be. flip over and, hey, yeah, wait, put wait, the needles in me. Wait until you hear the prices of these, of these blind man touchies. You know, it, it's... Fucking outrageous. There better be a happy ending. If with I flip it. Wait, over, wait. can I give them the needle? Are you gonna th- <laughs> How much do they cost in yen? I wanna be confused. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what you say? How much does it cost in yen? I wanna be confused. Guess what? You're gonna stay confused. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he graduated from the program in March of nineteen seventy five, carrying with him two judo black belts and a sense of indignation for his parents. While he had his certification in acupuncture, he began to set his sights higher and made a plan. Upon his graduation, his older brother reached back out to him. He extended the offer to join him in his shop he had, selling herbs and natural cures, 
Instead, Matsumoto meets his older brother's offer with a request to borrow 500,000 yen, 9,200 US dollars today. One yen is worth 0.0074 United States dollars. Yeah, so like whenever you see something that's like... <laughs> Three thousand four hundred and fifty yen. It's like thirty-four dollars. Yeah, yeah yen's useless. Yeah. Wow, like millions of yen is only a couple thousand of dollars. It's like <laughs> yeah. I just told you about a fucking number that was five hundred thousand and only turned to ten grand. Well, that's we why no one done any kind of math to figure that no, out. No, fuck why you. You didn't fucking, say anything. You fucking. I wanted on. to know the one for one ratio. I wanted to know like the um sure ratio. I got um, you. Um, the um ratio. Um shim ratio. Um no oh, fuck so close. <laughs> um shin rikio. No, he's, he's if he was American, um, ratio. what would he be? <laughs> would he be the Jim Jones? Mm. If he was American? No. No, so this is like 9-11 meets Jim Jones. Yeah. Wow. He would much more be like this a This is Japan's leader. 9-11. Yeah. He explained to his older brother that he needed the money to move to Tokyo to join a cram school. Matsumoto expressed that his ultimate goal was to reapply to Tokyo University under their law program. He had felt a calling to becoming a politician. His older brother accepted and gave him the 500,000 yen, convinced by Matsumoto's passion. Shout out to another cult leader wanting to be a politician. Arriving in Tokyo, Matsumoto came to a disheartening discovery. The 500,000 yen he had borrowed from his brother would not be enough money for him to live in Tokyo and apply to the cram school he had his sights set on. To make ends meet, he began working at an acupuncture clinic in the area. From March to September of 1975, Matsumoto moved around from apartment to apartment, only staying in locations for a few months at a time. During these few months, his older brother closes his acupuncture clinic and opens a new one, with a new business model. Attached to the new clinic was a small grocery shop. In September, with another move to a fourth location near Komodo Station, he came to settle near the location at the new shop. Matsumoto rented an apartment and took his brother's offer to work there for roughly six months. In March of 1976, he moved again and began working in a massage parlor near a university. On July 2, 1976, he physically assaulted one of his co-workers. The co-worker allegedly insulted Matsumoto's older brother. The assault led to Matsumoto's arrest and he was fined roughly the equivalent of 15,000 US dollars. So I'm not, I'm not saying what he was doing was right. All I'm saying is I agree. He's or I, I understand about He's... assaulting a coworker, insulting <laughs> your brother. I don't have a brother. No, Alan just... just wants to assault a coworker. Yeah, he just I just hold to on. It's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be me because I'm his coworker. Yeah. I wish we could assault one. Your guys' assault is in the bedroom. Time. Just like one, like we get the rule of one. <laughs> Like what we do in the bedroom would be considered domestic abuse. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Like you go to HR, you go to HR and you get one strike against you. You're able to just assault one fucking coworker. And then once you do it, like you go into HR and they, they, they strike it off and they're like, you had your one. Now be nice for the rest of your time being here. That'd I be a do baseball bat to the head. Next one's immediate termination. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like drop a frame on someone. That would instant yeah, death. That's instant death. But that's one strike. Talon's right. You do it to HR, make them erase their memory. You get another hit. What is this, Men in Black? I was just about to say, how the fuck do we erase their memory? We a baseball bat in? erases anybody's memory. Amnesia. Don't make what fun of me. Use your right? fucking amnesia ray, you jackass. <laughs> what what you hit him in the head hard enough to get amnesia. No, Death. not yeah, all the time. If you, well, not all the if time. If you fucking hit him hard enough, you are trying to break up on the fucker! You got a small wiener. I can see it in your pants. <laughs> Shut up, it's cold! You just were saying how hard it was. The owner of the massage parlor recalled a different side of Matsumoto, saying, Chizuo was a very quiet young man, and he had the time to open his books and study. 
Some Japanese, some English, even some Chinese books. At his apartment, Chiswell listened to special radio programs, educational programs. Aw, see, look, he sees him as a nice, learned man. Fucking nerd. A nice Yeah, and you know what's crazy is whenever he gets, like, older and he does, like, his little sermons, he does them in Japanese and in English. The videos that I was watching today, like, I was able to understand an entire, like, prayer session with him and his followers. And I was like, oh, I should not understand this. This is in the heart of Japan. It's nuts. He's 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 a jack of all trades and a master of none. He he truly is he truly is semi learned in many things. Yeah, semi what learned? He is a he's, learned. He's man. smart in some shit, but learned's like, not a word. Yes, yeah, it is. It yes, is it not is. a word. Is. I really refuse to believe that. A learned okay. man means like you're. You Shut know. up. <laughs> Damn. No respect. No respect. No respect. Kalen, one would say you are learned as tear. He's not learned. What do you I, mean? Is that an insult? <laughs> <laughs> Just let him wonder. Don't don't explain it. Let him wonder. Has anyone tried our soda yet? He chose to no. live in an area. <laughs> I want to save it. For what? You save the can. Or the bottle. You don't fucking save the soda. Soda's to drink. I don't have to tell you what I do and don't do with my soda. There I'm just go. saying. Boom! I'm just Shut saying. Up. Read the fucking story! No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. That's the end of the podcast. We're done. <laughs> I'm your diabetic. <laughs> I'm your fearless leader, Tyler, and we're out! Woo! Let's go, record time. He chose to live in an area where many of the local university students lived and spent his time pretending to be a student as well. Regardless, in September 1976, after paying off his fines, Matsumoto's whereabouts were murky for about six months. One of the theories floating around is that during these six months, being the double black belt judo fighter that he was, that Matsumoto worked... He's double now? Yeah, he earned we two s- when he left high school. We said that. You are not a learned man, is here. <laughs> I thought he just got the ones. No, the he joke- got, got the one before, and then after he got out of high school, he got How many one. black belts are these guys handing out? You can get It's all in the same belts. one, right? At least two. Like, all judo? There's different forms yeah. of judo, You can though. still... You I mean, at you least can, two? At least two. You You're can a be- fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but he's <laughs> not, not right either. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so well, you can be a double black belt. You can be a triple black belt. I'm pretty sure. John, I'm a black well, belt. John Claude Van Damme. I'm wait, pretty sure wait, wait. Is a double I'm black a black belt, belt in, in Taekwondo. By the way, fun fact of the day. Shut up. So no, because my goal. nice. No, my, <laughs> my great uncle is a black belt to the tenth degree. Is that what it is? It's that, like the uh, second degree. No, you dickhead. That's Taekwondo. That would be black belt to the tenth degree. He's not a double black belt. So he's got two fucking black belts. Indifferent. What the fuck does two black belts mean to you? <laughs> if it's in the same thing, why the hell are they doing multiple blackouts, not just to the degrees? Blackouts. Different, different trainers, different trainers, different studies, different. Uh, okay, different okay. Masters. Put it as you go to college, you get a bachelor's degree in medicine and a bachelor's degree in, let's say, English. You have two bachelors, but why not would the you same. Get a bachelor, a degree in English. I don't and know. Medicine. It's there. It's the same. It's the same. Why would thing, you ever just... get a bachelor's in medicine? <laughs> That's like the lowest you can go for medicine than, than fucking... And then you're like, you know what, fuck it, let's do it. It was an example. <laughs> now I know how to do CPR. I want to administer and leave to anybody I come across. Being the double black belt judo fighter that he was, Matsumoto worked for the infamous Mr. A. Mr. A at this time did not stand for Mr. Ass. He was not a gay porn director. <laughs> Mr. T's cousin. <laughs> I, did, I don't know. I didn't know now. I, well, when he said Mr. T's cousin, I was going to be like, you're going to pity my tool. <laughs> no, I don't. Explain it to me. Because his wiener. Oh, okay. Okay. Mr. A at this time was the leader of the Yakuza. 
the Japanese mafia for all you guys that don't play video games or watch anime. I don't watch anime. <laughs> you said it like four times since we've been recording. Just this isn't for you. Just keep him permanently muted. We'll hear him over all of our mics anyway. No, I don't I watch it. anime. <laughs> Mute myself too. I don't care. The only evidence for this is a retold quote from Sho Nishiyama. So it begins. You know, since I met him before I got my black belt, when I won the local competition, he knew about me because I won. He knew even though I was blind. Since the government subsidently taken over my parents, by Mr. A told me he knew my education was paid for. That I just focused on a job after my second black belt. Mr. A was very happy. He told me I have a strong mind and that I could be a parent. Excuse my blatant racism. I, I, I'm not trying to be blatant racist, but I am at the same time. No, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was good shit. It was good. It was like a but there were a lot like of Asian Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> it was really. It's like that's Hulk what it turned into in the end. He was like, and he told me too. And he Ooh, noticed. He noticed, he noticed I had one. <laughs> He's an Asian man with a handlebar mustache. If He's got a whole ass fucking beard. If All we right. don't get kids with this, the fucking miracle. <laughs> you know, I met him before. I got my first black belt. When I won the local competition, he knew about me because I won. He knew, even though I was blind, since the government subsidedly, fuck, <clears throat> since the government subsidedly was taken by my parents, Mr. A told me that I would pay for my education. That, and just focus on my doodle. After the second black belt, Mr. A was very happy. He told me I was strong mind and that I could be like a parent to me. I will take care. Of you, he said. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I thought you said churro. <laughs> when I and I do good in my churro, I do good in the churro. You literally went from like a Japanese to a <laughs> French to a Spanish guy at the same time. I got I got serious rush hour vibes. Oh. I'm you. Me? No, who are you? I'm you. I'm me. <laughs> but you, who are you? I'm you. Who are me? I'm Master You. See, who? Real interactions or not, Mr. A seems to be the only adult that Matsumoto really seemed to respect and feel cared for by. The next tangible time that he popped up was his arrival in Tokyo in the spring of 1977, when he started attending a cram school. It was here, at this cram school, that he met Tomoko Ishii. Tomoko was a young woman who had moved from a small rural community into the big city with dreams of attending the university. Tomoko often kept to herself and her books and avoiding sports at all costs. She was a total nerd, like basically everybody else that would join uh, a cult. Yeah, this cult. You know, this it, is like this is like a cult being like I'm going to like convincing a woman to give the cult a try. Like she's small town girl coming into the big city. Hey, you want to join my cult? But oh, that wait. was the best asset that Shoko Asahara had at that point in time was Hot, attractive, young women. That's the best asset every cult has. If you throw a chick with half-naked fucking photos on front of your cult, half the people will join. That's uh, not That's not how he ran it, dude. He just uh, had attractive women inside the cult that 
would get the nerds. Like, how do we get women? How do we get women? You see these hot women? They're an umption Rikyo. We need to join that shit right fucking now. Well, it was also with his, uh, the post in the Twilight Zone magazine. Oh, with him, yeah. like, levitating and shit. We'll get to that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going far ahead. Well, actually, you're pretty close because you guys are already super far ahead because Tomoko Ishii was not somebody he was trying to indoctrinate into his cult. She was somebody that he was trying to bang. With all this preparation and time dedicated to studying, when she initially applied to the university, she failed to get into the education program. At the cram school they attended, just like many other cram schools at the time, Matsumoto and Tomoko's seats were pre-assigned to them. As fate would have it, their seats were next to each other. On their second meeting, Matsumoto said to her, I pray to marry you. He said this not with a romantic inflection, but with a factual tone and flat effect. To him, the decision was already made. In response, Tomoko said nothing. Whether ignoring him, shocked, or simply amusing, assuming she had misheard him, Tomoko just continued on about preparing for class. However, Matsumoto was persistent, as always, about gaining his way. For six months, he pursued her. On January 7th, seven days before my birthday, 1978, I wasn't born yet, he married Tomoko Ishii. Ishii? Ishii? Ishii. Ishii. She was 19 years old and he was 22. Shortly after, in the same year, Tomoko and Matsumoto's eldest of six children was born. While his family grew, Matsumoto began selling unregulated drugs to make ends meet. In 1981, he was fined 200,000 yen. How many U.S. dollars? About 1,800 U.S. dollars today. And convicted of practicing pharmacy without the proper licensing and for selling fake medicine. Something he would go on to do later to his cult members. One of these tinctures was not the cool ones you can buy from the dispensary. He made was just simply tangerine peel floating in alcohol. While money was already tight, it wasn't the fine that sunk Matsumoto and his business. It was the media coverage. A local newspaper revealed his dishonest practices, and their community responded by taking their business elsewhere. With no money and business drying up, Matsumoto turned to something many people turn to in the time of crisis and hopelessness. Anybody? Drugs? Religion. Sex? God damn it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're more booze. Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you if, think? If we've learned anything from, like, Scientology, the, the best way to make money is by starting a religion. Especially in Japan at this time. Well, like, I mean. In this time period, everybody, there was, like, the, the, the emperor of Japan had, like, made himself the de facto god of the religion he followed. Yep. And, but everybody, uh, because in Japan, the economy was so high right now like everybody had excess money and what do you do you do nothing with it people are uh turned towards religion to not do anything 1970 we had a lot of people that were lost and looking for the next step and everybody always is looking for somebody to point them in the right direction of what is the end goal where are we going and this was the time of cults we had some of some of the most notorious cults going on at this point in time and it it goes without showing that something with just a little bit of money can go a long way. And people wanted that – people who didn't have control of their lives wanted the control. Answers. They wanted somebody to be like, this answers. is what you do for your life and how you end it. Like, that. that's it. And that's why cults are so su- successful because once they realize how fucked up the situation is – It's too late. They already given – all their property, all their money, they've left their family. If they leave, they literally have nothing besides the clothes on their back. And, and if, that, 
That is the that is the type of brainwashing that a lot of cults are, are like. When you get a charismatic person like Shoko Asahara at the helm of this thing, or you get uh, T and Doe or Charles Manson or no, not Jim Charles Jones. Manson. He just wanted to eat Jim pussy Jones. and ride Jim Jones and Waco <laughs> are like the most. David Koresh, very yeah, good. Captain and God, we I have we have either. these we have you know it, it's just they're just lost people looking for answers, and then by the time they're like, wow. This is fucking bullshit. This is all bullshit. I've reached to uh, OT level nine, and I just found out that Xenu exists. And what are, where do I go now? I've already sunk in a million dollars in my entire life savings, and they know where my family lives and everything that I've ever done wrong in my life. So where do I go from here? And that human nature is uh, you're not – like if you spend years in something, like if you spend years in a cult, and you realize that's wrong. You yourself, you're not going to stop and be like, "I just wasted my whole life for this." Fuck no! You you're waste- gonna you're gonna deny and stick to that because you've already dedicated yourself to. I that. mean, that's why everybody did what they you know they drank the uh, shit flavor aid, flavor aid, flavor aid, and Jim Jones. And since the 19th century in Japan, several new religious movements started. This was also called Shinshukyo. Most of these new religions are based around much older traditional religions like Buddhism and Shinto. Common outside influences for these religions are Christianity, the Bible, the Christian monk Nostradamus, and his writings. Around this time, Matsumoto was married and growing his family. His attention turned to these new religions. One in particular caught his eye, a small new religion called Agoshu. This movement was based heavily in Hindu and Buddhist beliefs. The core of their beliefs were centered around the Agamas, a group of early Buddhist texts, roughly translated to sacred work. Matsumoto began filling his free time with Chinese astrology and Taoism. He branched out into Western esotericism, yoga, meditation, esoteric Buddhism, and esoteric Christianity. He strove for enlightenment by performing Aganoshu's most serious practice, 1,000 consecutive days of offerings. Even as his family was struggling financially, Matsumoto completed the course, but found no enlightenment in the end. Feeling like he had been fooled by Aganoshu's promise of enlightenment, Matsumoto left the following. Instead, he decided to take enlightenment in his own hands. With a growing family and, and wife in their one-room apartment in Tokyo's Shibuya district, he decided to pick up and travel to India. He expressed that he needed to further his knowledge in yoga and Hinduism as well as learning Ayurvedic healing. My favorite is when cult leaders like leave their entire family to go like do some kind of mystical quest and then come back better. Like our story on Rasputin. Like Rasputin was just like, peace out, everybody. I'll be back. And he never comes back. Yeah, and he just leaves his family and kids like months on end. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to this like religious leader. I'll be back in a couple of years. I'm going to become a holy man. And then just comes back even more fucked up than the time before. I didn't know going out for smokes was a religion. (laughs) It's how you leave. It's how fathers leave their family. They go out for smokes and then you just never come back. Upon his return to his family. (laughs) And there's the trauma. <laughs> the ball has dropped. Too close to home. <laughs> Upon his return to his family, Matsumoto had decided to make a lot of life changes with his newly gained religious insight. In 1984, he started a company out of his one-bedroom apartment. The company functioned more as a mixture between a business and a spiritual group. He called this group Um Shishin no Kai. A.K.A. Immortal Mountain Hermit Association. We finally got there. I'm so excited to talk about these fucking weirdos, man. 
The company focused mainly on a mix between a yoga school and a publishing house. He frequently denied payment for his yoga lessons, no matter how hard his family was struggling. Matsumoto stood on street corners preaching his religious views and handing out pamphlets. The pamphlets described ways that Am Shishin no Kai could assist in developing people's supernatural powers. One of these claims were pictures of Matsumoto performing a yoga position in which he sat on the floor and began bouncing. Once he was a few inches in the air between bounces, a photo was snapped, and he looked like he was suspended in the air, oh levitating. Oh my god, he's got mystical fucking powers, boys! Brew them them thick thighs. Thick thighs save lives, and he was fucking <laughs> thick. Dude, I, I like... That's I'm, why I'm a hero. Like, I, I tried it when I was at home, whenever we whenever we announced that we were doing this episode. I was like, I'm gonna go home, and I'm gonna try to do this Shoko Asahara, like, bounce up in the air, and it is fucking possible. I don't know how the fuck he got that far. If you look at the picture, he's a good, like, three feet off the fucking ground. Like, it's a decent amount where he is just, whoa. What year is this? You are... 70s? You are quite susceptible to the angles of photos, young Sapien. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Photoshop gets me every time. I was going like, to say, he's that was a, you're like, fuck, I wish I could join these guys. That's badass. That Dude. was a thing where like people, like uh, a lot of religious figures that show that they're levitating, you know, it would be uh, like pressure on your thigh. You know, instead of jumping, you have enough muscle in your thighs to just bounce, press yourself off, like use the, the pressure to boost yourself off the ground, they take a quick photo, that's it. In 1985, he began publicly claiming he could levitate. By the spring, he started spreading the rumor that he was a sacred warrior and that his fate was to save the world in some way. He claimed that he had been forewarned by an elderly man that he would see the apocalypse and that the survivors would be Shinshin, mountain hermits. Within three years from Am Shinshin no Kai's beginnings, Matsumoto had gained ten minties. Starting with a woman named Hisako Ishii. She and a small group of other women who attended Matsumoto's yoga classes were attracted to Matsumoto's attitude and personality. Hisako and Matsumoto were on to have an affair that would last for years. As he rapidly gained more attention and followers from the coverage of his claims of supernatural powers, Matsumoto decided that it was time for another set of changes. There would be big fees and charges for entrance to his group, for his lessons, and even to advance in certain stages. He decided to organize his company immediately, redirecting his followers as a more monastic group beneath him. In other words, the group functioned more as a monastery of monks rather than a business. Monks, if you guys didn't know, were required to cease all communication with their friends and families outside of their organization, and financially, they were required to give up all of their worldly goods Directly to their leader. So and this is where the brainwash starts. Fuck you, Talon. I've got this one. It's and was a very good show on the USA Network in the early 2000s. Continue. I love Tony Shalhoub. This okay. Also, this I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. This also, like, the, like in, in the entirety, it also meant any life insurance policies that they would have in the future. So, like, any family members that they would, <laughs> like, somebody, like, a cult member had their mother join. If they were the beneficiary of their mother's life insurance policy accidents can happen and they would somehow claim that life insurance policy that's but how i was born but at the beginning of um Shinrikyo, like this is how cults start their brainwashing they they start taking away your family time you can't talk to any members that aren't part of um you they start taking away their property their life insurance their income <laughs> they uh, isolate your worldview it, absolutely and they make it so that that um Shinrikyo is your life 
that you this is your only life this is all you have to your to yourself like this is it this is it the 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 cruelties that that shoko asahara is about to perform on these people it, it only gets worse and it shows how fast somebody that actually has like a higher intelligence than most of us in this room including myself fucking can get involved in this stuff like it doesn't take much to to push somebody over the edge and then to keep them there you call me stupid yes yeah it's because no matter how smart we are as human beings we don't know what happens next and that's what cults offer they answer or they offer answers to what happens after we die they They give these possible scenarios these these things end of the world doom cult shit and and that's what happens. Even the smartest fucking MIT graduate's not going to know what happens when you die. And that's the best part about uh, uh, Heaven's Gate and Um Shinrikyo is these like whenever you think about a cult and you think about cult leaders and followers, you're like, oh, these people must have been fucking stupid. And that is so far not the fucking case. Um Shinrikyo got engineers. They got they got people from fucking NASA. They got fucking people from all over the fucking place to join this cult. To better, quote-unquote, their lives, which ended in a dark path that just fucked so much shit up. And they saw nothing wrong with it because they were going towards the promised land that Shoko Asahara was leading them to. And that is the scariest part about a cult. And if you look at Heaven's Gate, I mean, there are so many smart, brilliant fucking minds that were in that cult. And they just got robbed of their lives. They Dude. were too smart for for us. That's what they thought. They weren't, That's exactly right. They were book smart. They weren't street smart. So they followed whatever influence that led them to believe that this is what you need to do for your life to, in order to have a better afterlife. All of this was conducted under the concept that they were loyal to the community and they were expected to trust their instructor without question. One of the leading things in Japan is never question the teacher. Mm-hmm. If the teacher, if your instructor, if the person that you're a mentee to is telling you to do something, you do that thing and you do not question it. And even like if you're right, you didn't question the teacher. The teacher could be wrong and is you don't question that. That's like grounds for immediate discipline. Sounds like the U.S. public education system. Can't tell you how many times I got into an argument with the teacher and they're like... <laughs> That's I, it. I can't tell you how many line. times I got into an argument with the teacher to find out they were doing coke with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? Hold on here. I need a little backstory. We're, we're, we're a sidetrack for just a small second. No, this is a Patreon episode. That's a Damn Patreon it. thing. Ugh, I have questions. We all talk about our bullshit lives. <laughs> Matsumoto began purchasing large plots of rural land with accumulating wealth. These plots would become lotus villages. A utopian center where you would train to fight Shao Kahn in the Mortal Kombat. If you were Liu Kang. Unfortunately, these guys aren't Liu Kang, so this was actually a shitty ramshackle... Unfortunately. Shitty ramshackle (laughs) compound ran by a big, fat, smelly guy. Me? He was the smelliest, too. Like, I I watched, like, interviews with Shoko Asahara, Mm -hmm. and the entire time, I'm like, how can you sit that fucking close to a man that never fucking showers? You can see it in his hair and in his beard. He's got fucking knots and it's gross. A utopian center to the operation where he and his members of the monastic order would live in near isolation. Quite a few of the monks who came to live in the Lotus Villages were runaways and still minors when they joined. 
Chizuo Matsumoto. Oh shit, boys, here it comes. That was super hot, but that's not what I'm talking about. I just came in my pants. Chizuo Matsumoto. This will be the last time that I call him that because he legally changed his name and became Shoko Asahara the following year in 1987. I still wasn't born. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a flying fuck. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Nobody cares what year you were born and when because that day is coming. We'll get to it. I promise. That Your day's day- already passed because I'm already born. Oh, we got you on that one. In the fucking story, Talon. <laughs> Asahara experienced a spiritual awakening in which he claimed he spoke with the Hindu god Shiva, the god of destruction. After this, he shortened the name of the group to Om Shinrikyo, meaning Supreme Truth. At this time, the cult was around 1,300 members, 30 of them being monks. Om Shinrikyo spelt with an A. <laughs> <laughs> We had a dispute on that in our group. U-M! U-M! Talon, how do you spell Umption Rikyo? A-U-M. You piece of shit! That's Dylan, you're a good teacher. You piece of shit! You are gaslighting Mute me, I'm pissed. I'm gonna leak the chat. I'll mute you. I'm gonna leak your nudes. Do it. Do it! I don't care, they're out there for free. We'll do it together. We'll be naked. Wait, what? Subscribe to the mom only fans. fucking promote yourself? Let's do a uh, duo stepdad OnlyFans. Oh, that's nice, Where dude. we just jack each other two off. Two dads, one cock. Wait, no, we both have two cocks. <laughs> Mowing grass naked in the fucking white nikes. Two beards, four balls. I'm glad we finally got the mask though. <laughs> one cock. Well, I'm married, so I guess, yeah, we look. Like- <laughs> I like how Jake's just repeating the two dads, one god thing, and then he proceeds to laugh. In August of 1988, Um Shinrikyo required an upgrade. His following had grown to 2,300 members and 117 monks. Even with this drastic expansion of members, he was far off from having the 30,000 monks he was said to have preached about needing to stop Armageddon. Asahara moved the cult to a commune close to Mount Fuji in Fuji no Miya. With this move, his directive as leader shifted from saving humanity for the end of the world to saving only his community, specifically his followers from Doomsday. And that's the best part about Doomsday cults is they are like, this is the end, you have to follow me, drop everything that you have, lose all your worldly possessions. Stop, drop, suck my cock, let's go! Hey, come on, we gotta go out to the desert and I gotta eat your pussy and we gotta ride around to some dune buggies before the world ends. Charles Manson, (laughs) what are you doing in my studio? Oh, you know, I'm just hanging out here in the afterlife, you know, I was looking at stars nipples a little earlier and I'm kinda randy for it. You're so dusty, it's not even funny, what are you doing here? Dusty's my middle name, now let's get back to the story. And like, for cults and stuff, like them brainwashing you like that, like it makes even if you try to leave, it makes you believe once you leave, you're not you're whatever nirvana or like heaven they're promising you makes you leave it makes you think once you leave, that gnawing feeling of I need to go back, otherwise I'm not going to make it here. And there is so much proof of that situation happening if you look at like the the last surviving member of Heaven's Gate, if you look at anybody who's left Scientology, they have a hard time disrespecting L. Ron Hubbard. Because they believe that his way was the right way. It was just mishandled by David Miscavige. And it's it's bonkers. 
Let's just be real here, boys. It's fucking sure. bonkers. His sermons made it clear <clears throat> that the only way to salvation was through him and his teachings. It was here that he first began mentioning the phase cloning the guru. That was his main goal, too, which was weird. He said it, that's, like, one of the main running things through, like, the manga and anime, right? It's, like, people asking him to, like, kill him. And it's basically like, no, I can't kill you because you're not enough like me yet. You know, he, you needed to become the guru. Otherwise, you weren't learning it from him, right, basically. And, like, and like uh, the guru, like, whatever you think of a guru for uh celebrities for movies for anything that is mass produced or like for a mass populace you think of him as a blind wise you know bigger man that's telling you this is this is nirvana this is what i've been enlightened to good band not really no no it's not nirvana is a great fucking band yeah they are no no <laughs> No, no, no. Hey, it's all an opinion thing. Screw Yeah, you guys are wrong. That's fine. <laughs> in order to keep up with all of the initiation ceremonies, Asahara would need to be in multiple places at once. So the plan was to make these rites easier and faster. He needed a way to pass on his positive karma to his followers without having to physically be there. With the help of Saichi Endo, a member who studied agriculture and veterinary medicine, Asahara found profitable solutions to his issue. The first was vials of his own blood. These vials would be extracted and given to new members as their new initiation ceremony. Upon receiving them, members were instructed to ingest Asahara's blood. Um Rikyo claimed that their leader's blood was submitted for analysis at Kyoto University. Examination of his blood in the medical laboratory was said to reveal a unique form of DNA. The thought process behind drinking the blood was that the followers could absorb the good karma passed along in his special DNA. The price to acquire his karma was around $10,000 U.S. Asahara didn't stop there. For $1,000, members could purchase a small pin engraved with the cult's logo. For $2,000, members could buy 7 ounces of Asahara's very own bath water. Ooh, he's like a big stinky like Japanese Bell Delphine. Yeah. <laughs> The bottles were sold as Miracle Pond. Oh, no, no, thank you. Under also, the guise that they could be... Sorry, what? Also, if you, uh, for going back to how much 10000 U.S. dollars is in yen, it's $1,343,150 in yen. So how about 1000 and then 2000 How much am I paying in yen to get bath water? Or bath or pond water, technically? $2,000, you're basically paying uh, whatever right. it was for him to pay to get out of prison, 200000 yen. Jesus Christ. A little bit more. Jesus yep. Christ. Jesus Christ. For 3000 individuals could be intravenously injected with an unknown substance. For a mere $500, lower-ranked members of the cult could gain spiritual energy by being allowed to touch their forehead to the forehead of a higher-ranking member. Some members were even desperate enough to drink the tea made from Asahara's hair clippings, hoping to obtain a bit of his positive karma. For those who could afford it, a luxury of sorts, was also introduced to the cult, with monthly payments of $10,000. Members could receive some special headgear, a series of blue or white cloth strips, small round diodes and wires made up this odd-looking device. The apparatus would be wrapped around the head and velcroed into place. Through a series of electrical shocks, they were said to align the brain waves of the wearer with those of the leader. Oftentimes, when wearing the headset, the members would meditate and picture Asahara's face or focus on a picture of him. 
If these prices were out of a member's reach, they weren't discouraged from still taking part in the service. In fact, he encouraged people who couldn't afford it even more. It would build up a debt that they would then owe to Am Shinrikyo. After their debts reached a certain point, many ex-members claimed that they were forced to join the cult. For Asahara, the expectation didn't stop at his family. His wife, Tomoko, was the first person forced into the cult. Tomoko never had strong feelings towards religion and no desire to delve further into theology. In the summer of 1988, Asahara came to his wife with a demand that she join the following. Tomoko denied his request, but he made it clear that he wasn't asking her. Tomoko was then held down by members of the cult and Kane 50 times for her refusal. For the next seven weeks, Tomoko was held in an isolation chamber and told to meditate. She lived in darkness for seven weeks. When she was released, she accepted Asahara's demands and rose to the second highest level of enlightenment to the cult, a thing that happens very commonly. The people who take the most mind-bending punishments and from the people that are closest to him will usually rise up fastest in the cult because that just changes you seven weeks alone with yourself in the dark and that becomes that becomes your uh your routine you know what i mean like as 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 a human as human beings our routine is a habit for us that, that that's a thing like our bodies like for work our bodies are like you wake up you go to work you come home and then you do whatever you else like i wake up at five o'clock every single day so if that like i go to a cult and they're like <laughs> You're going to sit in this room and you're going to meditate and you have to believe this. After a certain time, especially seven weeks, you're going to believe anything they wanted you to. That's going to be in your brain. You're going to be like, I will agree with whatever you want. Well, it's also part of the brainwashing. Yeah. In early fall of 1988, tragedy befell the cult. Asahara, his wife, and his mistress, and several other high-ranking members of the cult planned on registering Am Shinrikyo as a new religion. During this time... They needed to avoid any negative attention they could attract. During one of the displays of devotion, a member named Teriyuki Majima drowned. Asahara called a meeting with his most trusted members, his wife, his mistress, Kazuki Okasaki, Deyo Miria, and Kiyohide Hawakawa, met with Asahara to discuss how to proceed. We finally have a stable moment for... <laughs> He is talking very, very downtrodden about how they have to hide a murder. He was He's so not angry that about it. We finally have an established momentum for our anticipation movement, but making a public disclosure will slow down the movement. I believe making a public disclosure will create yet another problem. Please advise me about the best course of action. It was unanimous, or at the very least, unchallenged. Majima's body was cremated on an altar where the cult often left offerings. Ashihara instructed Hawakawa, Okasaki, and Murai to handle the cremation process, and Hisako led a group of women who ground the remaining bones into smaller pieces. Majima's ashes were spread at a nearby lake, and with that, they were all bonded with a dark secret. So, for how he died, one of the initiation was they would uh, dump you in, like they would dunk you into water. Uh, ice cold water multiple times as one of the initiations and for him you know in this cult you ate what they gave you you drank what they gave you and it was all a very strict uh rule you know what i mean like you could get fed once a day you malnourished you have a uh, little to no energy and so when they did this initiation, or one of the initiations, because you didn't just go through one and then you were in. You went through multiple initiations. 
And in this one, it caused him to have hypothermia, which led to him drowning as they continually dunked him under the water. The sleep deprivation and the malnutrition that they were going through was part of the brainwashing process of this cult. And it is like that for most cults. Whenever they do this kind of thing, they they look back and they go, okay, how do we do this? How do we make these people understand and be susceptible to our, our brainwashing processes? And the best way they do this is by lack of sleep. These people were only getting five hours of sleep. They were only eating maybe once a day. And what they could not eat, they were being forced to throw up and then re-eat the vomit. Puke and rally. Yeah, like my dog. Yeah. And- no, no, he wouldn't. No, no, he, he wouldn't force vomit. So he'd, so he'd eat some vomit. They would sit there and they would they would vomit up the food that they could because they were so malnourished. They would endure these kinds of things over and over and over again to the point where they were broken as people. Jake with the <laughs> ultimate <laughs> contribution to the conversation. He's like, oh, just like my dog. Oh, wait, we don't, we don't force him. Oh, wait, that's animal abuse. We don't care about humans. And Soup just kept on talking. I, I have to ignore the ignorant shit he says. He's right to the left of me. After this, Asahara applied for the cult to be legally recognized as a new religion with the Tokyo Metropolitan Government in 1989. Om Shinrikyo now had about 4,000 members and roughly 390 monks to its name. In order to be considered a religion and receive tax-exempt status in Japan, religious leaders must apply for license. Bullshit! Initially, there was a... This fucking asshole's over here fucking rolling dough off of every single member, man. It's fucking nuts. And I work overtime and lose half my fucking paycheck, but we ain't talking about that. You gotta be a religion to get taxes then. I am a fucking religion. I'm a goddamn... He's the diabetic religion. Or a school (laughs) or a government fucking something. That just kills me, though, is, like, to get tax-exempt, you gotta, like, get a license to be a religion. It's like, how do you prove that's a religion? There is a... Because religion is a man-made construct that you can easily put laws and prices on. Well, I guess... I'm sorry. There is a religion called the Golden Plungers, and it is based off of Scientology, and the cult is called Scientology Sucks. And they were able to get tax-exempt with only, like, eight or ten members... All you have to do is prove that there is a place that you're doing these habitual habits at, that there is a tenant to the rules that you guys apply to, and um, membership that you guys have. It's not just three people sitting in a room, kind of like us. Like I joke about being a cult leader, but like there's five of us. There's five of us. I can That's enough to start it. a religion. Let's start, yeah. let's start a religion called can Fuck we, the IRS. Can, let's start a religion called Always Listen to Mom. All right. I'm there you go. Home. There you go. Men of misfortune. Just call it mom. There you go. Join the That's mom our cult. new religion. And guess what? It's going to be a doomsday cult. And Every it's going to be Mason's mom be because she's hot suicidal. as fuck. If people just subscribe to our Patreon, that's basically the same fucking thing. So. It's yeah. a cult. You We're can a cult, join guys. our religion and not pay taxes. Yeah. God, I Except wish I we are not going to do that because religion is a sham. That's why we're going to take advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, there was a sense of uneasiness among the officials to grant the status due to the cult's underage members. Um, Shinrikyo's status as a new religion was denied. In response, Asahara would not take no for an answer. 
He instructed his members to harass the government officials involved by sending letters of protest. Turning to his tried-and-true method of intimidation, he instructed his members to harass the government officials involved by sending letters of protest. The cult protested publicly and even went as far as to threaten a lawsuit against Tokyo's governor. The Tokyo Metropolitan Government bent and approved Umshin Rikyo as an official new religion. This approval only inflated Asahara's ego further. He began referring to himself as Tokyo's Christ, venerated teacher, and the Holy Pope. Oddly, the cult was attracting a large number of both graduates and discontinued students from Japan's highest-ranked universities. Aside from claiming that followers could achieve supernatural powers by joining Umshin Rikyo, they also placed a heavy importance on the use of technology to further their spiritualism. I just watched a documentary of Shoko Asahara doing an interview with a comedian Showtime guy. And honestly, the guy, from what I understand, the episode was supposed to be super serious. The guy was going to uh, defamatory um, Shinrikyo. And basically, the guy melted in Shoko Asahara's fucking hands. I mean, it was like... It was like hot butter, dude. I mean, the the guy, the guy was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna tear this cult a new asshole." And by the end of it, he's like, "I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna live with you." And that's how cults work. Like they they will you start out not believing. Like none of us have been in a cult, all right. Like we start out not believing. <laughs> so like how to think? Yeah. Joe, well, it's like how to how to use the word. Like, okay. Use the word. What? Allegedly. Allegedly, none of us have been in a cult. I haven't been in a cult. Not even allegedly. I have not been in a cult. But sorry, besides Christianity. But Amen that's that. the biggest one. <laughs> that is a cult. It's fucking legal. It's still a cult. <laughs> all of it's legal. They just so yeah. Scientology and Om Shinrikyo. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, you got legal. me. You got me. You it's got only me. not legal after they murder. So and Tom, the Catholic Church has done that more than any of them. Take the word back to say I have been in a cult allegedly for the rest of us. I left uh, that cult. Uh, that's fine. But allegedly, <laughs> but it's like that. That's how they get you. That's how they fucking uh, like. That's that's how they that's how they get you. It's like they will bring you in like a religion. You don't think the first word isn't to your mind a cult. This is a calling. That's that's the first word they give you. Your calling is this religion. And you find a place of like purpose. Yeah. They make you feel like you belong. So you give everything to that cult or that religion because you're like this is what i was born to do and in reality they're manipulating your mindset to be like this is what we want you to do and that's the best part about shoko asahara is he made us feel so personable that people would stop drop and suck this dude's cock in order to be a part of this and drop everything that they were doing sell everything that they had and join this cult that is that is like the uh, bread and butter. Bread and butter of any kind of cult. And it's like they, they targeted a certain group, too. Like, they targeted the people that lived at home wishing they could be in manga, wishing they could be in anime. And there are so many animes or mangas that is just like this dude starts out normal and then gets these powers as he starts. Like, go, you know what I mean? You go into a new world, you believe this dude, and he's like, I'll give you this. And people are like, fuck yeah. I can fly? I can transfer energy. Yeah, like I'm fucking down. And he he even he even published. He's like any spiritual uh, any any spiritual teachings are fake if they don't give you supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. 
If it doesn't give you something in return, it's fake. Don't believe you. Don't believe it. Shoko Asahara had an interview on basically a daytime television show where he got to demonstrate his psychic abilities, I want to call them, and he transferred his power into a woman, and she was basically like, I'm having one! And then she fucking, she shook on the floor after he rubbed his thumb on her forehead for like, I don't know, 10 seconds, and basically she shivered, she shook on the ground, and she was like, guess what? Now I have superpowers. And that's all it takes is yeah. to see a beautiful, attractive person shake convulsively on the ground and be like, yeah, I got I got his powers now. And now you have a whole new flood of listeners, people that are a part of it, that want to be a part of your cult, join this shit. That's all it takes. That's yeah. all it fucking takes, dude. Even if it's obviously fake, there are still people who will believe in it. Absolutely. Many of these students recruited had backgrounds in math and sciences. These fields of study often come with the future high-pressure careers. Asahara would target individuals whom he thought were unhappy with the culture of competition and conformity around them when he went out to recruit for new members. So like you guys said, he specifically targeted these smart people because being that smart is truly a burden to a lot of people. And the best way to take that burden away is say, you don't have to work for this big million dollar company where you can risk lives and possible deal closures and all the stress of working every single day. You and, can come build a fence at my shitty little compound. And, and Asahara was insanely good at math. Like that's, he was... Like, not not making a fucking Asian joke. He was really good at math. Yeah, he was also good at really... He was also really good when it came to speaking to people. He understood exactly what they wanted to hear, and then he would spoon-feed it to them he was and a, say, you need to come join my cult in order to understand the end of what you're looking for. And weirdly enough, he was super good at catching flies with chopsticks. I don't Me know. fucking too, bud. He Me was like, fucking too. Like, in the beginning, he, he wanted to be, uh, what what was it, like minister of Japan or like... Prime minister. Prime, Prime minister, minister of Japan. Or I guess emperor. And this man took politics to a whole new level with his cult. Like, he, I firmly believe that if he actually, instead of the cult, he went into politics... He would have been the prime minister because that's exactly what you need. You need the char the charisma to convince people to believe in you. You need you need the the propaganda. You need the proof to be like this is me. This is what's going to happen. And he had that. He had everything he needed to convince as many people as he could to join him. Yeah. Yeah, and and not only that is is when he lost that ability to portray himself as the prime minister, he found people outside that were willing to be the 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 goat to get him to that goal of prime minister. Yeah. Like he found politicians that were, you know, struggling in that that atmosphere of we want to make a change, but we don't know how. And then you have Um Shinrikyo, kind of like it, it kind of feels like Donald Trump's MAGA movement with these governors. Like he's endorsing all these people that that can put him into power and to can overturn his vote or election and you know when they lost it was like why did they lose they had me as a backer well like the the make america to go, to keep going off of what you're saying the make america great again quote mm -hmm. okay even if the, anybody could have said that 
and as as an american who genuinely believes in my country like that is that is something you will fight like you're not you're not gonna think all right this guy's using this quote of make america great again that's that's gonna include a whole bunch of people like this man knows what we want no matter what like you could disagree with everything but that quote alone will pull people into the 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 his side of the politics it's like a neon billboard sign like just blinking it catches your eye yeah and you're just like, I'm intrigued, and then here we go. Um, Shinrikyo seemed to be a place where they could find security and support. I guess I didn't write this one. I can't stare at you. Oh, so. damn it. Asahara was convincing. Those inside the cult knew the truth. While Um Shinrikyo's original focus revolved around gaining enlightenment and leading a more meaningful life, Asahara's sermons focused more and more on the idea of World War III and the impending end of the world. Cult members were subjugated to sensory deprivation, sleep deprivation, food deprivation, and were also regularly drugged without their knowledge. Asahara emphasized in his teachings that control over one's own body was key in the path to enlightenment. So what kind of, what do you mean by drugged without their knowledge? LSD. Oh. He would he would bring you into a room and you're supposed to think that you have supernatural powers. So he would bring you into a room and he'd be like, hey... Have some of this tea, it'll open your chakras and your mind. And there's <laughs> this, genetics, all right. There's this one story of a guy being like, I sat there and I took in the, the guru's power and my hand turned to rubber balls. <laughs> and, you know, and, and he thought he was being fucking super spiritual, but really he's just fucking tripping <laughs> out of his mind, mind, you know. <laughs> and he did that to a bunch of people. It was how he tricked a lot of people into thinking he had powers. It was it's a LSD. big brain move right there. And, and, and he was absolutely just riddled with LSD constantly he was tripping every fucking chance he had he loved lsd they actually manufactured lsd which we'll get into in the next episode at a fucking alarming rate so and then uh another thing to add is i watched a documentary of uh vice of um shinrikyo and it was about his daughter trying to see him and she was like his mind is so far gone i can't have a conversation with him because he doesn't remember me because he did so much fucking LSD that they were fucking making. I mean, to be fair, they weren't just making LSD. They were also making methamphetamines, which was... Terrible. Dirt grade meth. It was called um stuff. Yeah. By the um Yakuza. It was called um stuff because you knew if you were getting it, it was shit. It was shit. But they had the best LSD. The only the problem... Best. The only problem with their LSD making venture is... Japanese people, the average people, they're not like us. They don't like to fucking trip and have a good time. They like to fucking go to work, wear their suit, go home, sleep with their shoes on. That's not, that's not fun at all. No, no but no. imagine doing like 50 hits of LSD <laughs> and then going to work and putting your shoes on and, and doing all that because that's what they were doing. You mean fucking, your, your shoes put you on? Yeah, your, fucking, yeah. your shoes are talking to you the entire time. Your boss is an alligator. It's fucking fun. <laughs> um, Shinrikyo, wait. Um, Shinrikyo had lessons on control. Oh, fuck. This part is hilarious. Over almost every part of the body, including the penis. Perfect. This is awesome. <laughs> I love I when want, the cult controls my dick. I want Tyler, since he masturbates the most out of all of us. I, want I him do. To, I want like him three to, times a day. I have I a problem. Him, I want him to go over the masturbation <laughs> processes. Like three of, times a week, even including sex. But like, I, the wife doesn't know about that, I, I hope. I know Reese would kill me if she knew I jerked off. Oh, so Dude, fucking in the much. Shower, I don't even give a fuck. Clean up, you're fine. Just fuck. Quick, okay, quickly. so here we go. Asahara would instruct his male students continue 
this for 10 days. 10 days! Then start masturbating twice a day. Find a picture of your favorite entertainment star, preferably nude. Use the photo to activate your imagination and start masturbating four times a day for six weeks. The number of times men were required to masturbate increased. By the sixth week, they were instructed to find a woman to take her on a date where she would be given a little bit of alcohol to drink. After the date, the goal they were instructed to achieve was sex. They instructed to stroke the nipples, the clitoris, in foreplay, and then engage in penetrative sex. Everything was described, even down to the rhythm they had to keep. Staying still for 81 breaths. And if I'm going to go ahead and, and elaborate on the breaths, it is an it is a, like, you know, whenever you, um, as all guys. It's like you're meditating. Yeah, but like, it's oh, like a, it's, it's like, it's like yeah. a butt clench. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, a, it's like, like an ass clench, yeah. Okay, so you like flex your dick, flex your dick 81 times in a row inside yeah. of somebody. Yep. That's what they're talking Basically, about. Basically, you're getting your hot dog juiced up for the bust. <laughs> yeah. So without moving, without moving, we're going to do this, bud. And then it's it's 80 butt clinches, and then it's boom, 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 nine times. Stop. 81 more butt clutches. <laughs> what the fuck? 27. As Dylan said, thrusting nine times exactly. Staying still for another 81 breaths, followed by 27 more thrusts. Dude, if I could hold my load for that long, let me tell you what. Oh, that dude, is a good night. I'm getting eight thrusts at my peak. <laughs> so, so the fact that he's thinking I'm getting there, and they do multiples. If you get past 27, I don't think it lists this in her list, but it, it goes all the way to like fucking like... 90 like if you can last up until you're supposed to keep multiplying the fucking numbers oh my god imagine being on a date with somebody (laughs) who you who doesn't know you're a part of um shinrikyo and you're like yo i got the sex thing i have to do with you but like i can't come until i do 81 dick thrusts well pumps that's that's honestly not even that weird have you guys ever watched a japanese porn no no i hate it Really? Yeah, I bet you really? do it, but you it's all fucking blurred it? out. It is. That's why I hate it. It's like looking at two dead bodies with their eyes open. Do it's, it. It's always with mixed. fucking fuzzies yeah, on the and, screen. And, okay, Japan, I, I've and, seen the... And like, the J- Japanese men are so... Oh, I hate it. I hate it. When, when Japanese dudes like have sex, I'm not trying to hate. There's a lot of ha- hot Japanese dudes, but they don't do porn. It's always the like weird 5'5", five, five, like businessman body guys who wear Sins. the fucking shirt the entire time and he's uh, 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 oh. and I'm just like ah, ah. imagine doing that for fucking three hours as he's thrusting 98 times in you he's gonna start up like don't kink shame but this is what I gotta do dude I have to do this to, en- to, to reach enlightenment there's no other way please follow me upon my trial alright so I went on a date with this guy and he said he needed to reach enlightenment but I think he meant ejaculation because all he did was come on me and then say my holy pope said thank you (laughs) (laughs) to finish out what dylan's talking about asahara's final instruction was to always let her come first so at least he's feeling you know what women should feel we want the silver we want the silver (laughs) we want to be able the ones that, that come last but i don't feel like Doing dick thrusts for 81 times 
and then actually, you know, doing the motion of the ocean isn't doing the way we need it to do. That's Please. what the clitoris and the nipples are for. The entire time you're sitting there doing those butt clenches, you better be licking them nips and slapping her on the clit. <laughs> or whatever guys do. I don't know. I have sex like a little boy. Like a little boy, not with a little boy. I, so bet, I know he <laughs> said with a little boy. Thank God we have that on thanks, recording. Thanks for the clarification. He tries to pull that base shit on me. I'm gonna go ahead and pull this out right now. I'm Shinrikyo Part One. You're gonna pull it out. Don't pull your dick out, please. I'm gonna pull it out because there's nothing else left with me. <laughs> I got to brush quickly. <laughs> To gain admission to the cult, not only would members have to give up all their worldly possessions and pay a large fee to drink a vial of the leader's blood, they had to show their devotion physically. Asahara insisted that his followers would have to show their unwavering loyalty and devotion to his teachings. The physical tests were literal torture. He was the first Bella Delphine. We did the bath, bath water, now we're doing the blood, and then we got the hair. He is the first Bella Delphine. She didn't come up with it first! Shogasahara did. He was make he was his own factory. He dude, was I making fucking money on money. Dude, imagine that. You take a bath and then you sell it for seven fucking grand a cup. We're getting there, don't worry. Ooh. On our Patreon, coming soon, for just seven hundred dollars USD, you can buy one ounce of all of our sweat from our toes. <laughs> Thank you. And remember to go and subscribe. Subscribe to our Patreon! <laughs> Members were made to hang upside down for long periods of time and get into tubs of near-boiling water. There were even reports of members being buried alive in cramped boxes for days at a time. Women who applied for membership were sometimes required to have sex with Asahara as part of their initiation. And another thing was, Asahara got to have sex with anybody. Anybody he wanted, he was having sex with. You were not allowed to have sex with anybody else in the cult. You were supposed to go out and bust your nut... Do your 81 thrusts or 81 butt chugs and whatever it was. <laughs> and that's supposed to be with somebody out of the cult because you're supposed to get them pregnant and they're supposed to pop a baby out and you're supposed to bring that baby to the cult and indoctrinate a whole family. And that's how it works. So you didn't get to have sex unless he told you. And then eventually, no sex for anybody but Asahara. So enjoy those 81 butt thrusts while you got it. Dude, and you better, you better come within those 81 butt thrusts because I promise you when the no coming starts, it's a bad time for fucking everybody but Shoko Asahara. Just imagine you're walking around. You don't get to shower. You don't have any video games. You don't have any weed. You don't have any smoke or any smokes. No fucking beer. And you can't even touch yourself. That's fucked up. I'm going to kill myself just listening to you. You can touch yourself, but the worst part is, is you can't come. <laughs> edging. Edging is what it's what the modern day man calls it. I learned edging. about edging in uh, Orange is the New Black. Me too. <laughs> Me so fucking, fucking too. I'd be lying to you if I said it. That's not where I learned it from. Two members were noted to have died early on in these tests of physical devotion. One, a young man was suspended upside down for too long, causing blood to pool in his skull. The other, a woman, was forced to stay in a tub of near-boiling water as part of a ceremony the group called thermotherapy, resulting in the burning of her skin and cooking of her muscles and internal organs. And she was an older lady. The age did not matter. Children, young men, women, old women, men were forced to be in hot, boiling tubs of water. These devotional acts weren't carried out in secret but often in open demonstrations to the public. It wasn't long before the local news and media outlets began turning their attention to the growing cult 
and their intense displays. Eventually, Asahara was invited to speak on television interviews about the cult. Andy was photographed for magazines. He gave lectures at universities and wrote multiple books, all published by the cult's publishing house. Mirroring back to one of Asahara's early aspirations, he decided that it was time to get involved in politics. Um Shinrikyo went on to form the Shin Rito Party, aka the Supreme Truth Party, and Asahara immediately selected 25 members to participate with him in the upcoming election for Tokyo's region's parliamentary seats. One of these members were high-ranking members of the monastic order and Asahara's inner circle. While the cult was skeptical at first, their leader insisted that gaining political power would aid him in saving them from the end of the world. Um, Shinrikyo's members held rallies for the Shinrito party with performances planned for the audience. However, the spectacle they made was not well received. The coverage of their rally focused less on the performances and party's platform and more on the elephant in the room. Um, Shinrikyo had been leaving a torrent of destruction in their wake. A group called the Um Shinrikyo Victim Society was interviewed for the coverage and they expressed the negative side of the cult. From broken families to abductees and the exploitation of the cult, shortly after, Tatsumuki Sakamoto, a civil rights lawyer, was appointed to investigate these claims. Sakamoto's discovery was announced on a radio show. He had found evidence that Asahara had committed fraud multiple times. The first sticking point being that Kyoto University had never tested his blood. Sakamoto surprised everyone by inviting Asahara and his inner circle to a meeting to discuss lessening some of the cult's more intense and potentially lethal practices. The meeting went poorly. Weird. With a cult leader about changing his practices. No, no, no. no. go fucking weird, man. And Amshin Rikyo's inner court made the decision that Sakamoto could not continue to interfere with their lives. So you know what they did, Jake? What? They bought him a plane ticket to Uruguay. They sent him away. (laughs) They sent him far away. Guess what? What? That didn't happen. Oh? The real story is, (laughs) on November 3rd, 1989, at 3 a.m., several cult members descended upon Sakamoto's home in the early hours of Bunka no Hai, a.k.a. Cultural Day. He would be spending the holiday at home with his wife and their one-year-old son. The plan was simple. They were planning on ambushing him at home with a syringe filled with potassium cyanide. However, the cult members did not originally expect the family to all be staying home for the day. Tatsuyumi woke up to a stranger strangling him in his bed, and another kicked his wife's body over and over again. He and his wife were both strangled to death. His wife's last words were, please save the child at least. The one-year-old was then suffocated in his bed with his own bedding. They disposed of the Sakamoto's bodies by burying in separate districts around Japan, each one contained in a metal drum. What the fuck? Yeah, dude, they fucking murdered this guy and his entire family because they... He was speaking out against Um Shinrikyo. What the fuck? Yeah. This is just the start. This is the start where the cult goes from religion to cult to holy fucking shit. This is what's going on. Yeah, we're about to starve people. We're about to fucking end a lot of lives. Okay, well if we're not even if we're not at holy fucking shit. I'm already at holy fucking shit. When police came to investigate the disappearance of the Sakamoto's, they found that Tatsuyumi's wallet was still in his home. None of his credit cards had been stolen, his ID was still present, and it even contained money. It was clear to the police that the motivation was not robbery. Also found at the scene was a badge that did not belong to any of the family members. It was an Amshin Rikyo cult member's badge. 
And just like my true crime voice, that is the end of this episode. Join us next time as we talk about starvation, murder, and chemical warfare, and the impending approach of World War III. Fucking right. I cannot thank you guys enough for checking out this episode. Please stay tuned for episode two of Um Umshinrikyo. I cannot thank you guys enough for checking out this episode. I am your fearless leader, Tyler Campbell. And I am your reigning dipshit, Jake. I'm your diabetic daddy, (laughs) Talon. And I am Tom with the magic wand. And I'm Dylan the intern. Thank you guys for coming to my story. Dad Dad joke of of the month. month. So what do you get when you cross a grumpy sheep and a grumpy cow? I don't know. Two animals in a bad mood. I hate this joke. God fucking damn it. My wife told me that joke and I told her I'd put it on the podcast. Every time we do the fucking dad joke of the fucking week. It's got worse. It's gotten worse. I don't know how the fuck it's gotten worse. We're talking about like cults and homicide and brainwashing. And somehow you find a silver lining to talk about sheep and cows. With that, I want to go ahead and tell you to go ahead and check out our Instagram, our Facebook, our RSS, Anchor, wherever you guys go ahead and get your podcasts. That's where we're at. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Smack the fuck out of that like button. Always stay chaotic. Always stay misfortunate. And always listen to mom. And we are out. <laughs>